Oh, man, what an intro. Even better than the original track. But now we'd like to welcome our fifth guest to the Tales of the Glory Days series. You already heard him in the intro. This fellow has had stops in Brampton, Kingston, and Oshawa of the Ontario Hockey League, followed by some time living his best life playing for Brock Uni in the CIS. He has since transitioned to his favorite position, bench, but as an assistant coach for the Carlton Place Canadians of the CCHL Tier 1, or whatever they call Junior A nowadays. The man, the myth, the cherry picker, from Orleans, Mr. Adam Lloyd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. Oh, that was an awesome intro. And as always, we have my sidekick, uh, Mr. Abe Wobbs. How's it doing? How you doing, buddy? I don't know how I feel about sidekick. Like, what am I, fucking bitch Robin? Yeah, you're my Robin. What the hell buddy. is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing good. I'm fired up. This has been uh, this has been one we've been looking forward to. I mean, the guy comes on to the pod and does our our intro song for us, so he's ready to rock too. Big it's fan. Be good. Big fan of the pod. Yeah, yeah. We 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 heard you in the in the I guess the pre recording doing us the little sound bit. So yeah, that was pretty spot on. Um, I guess you want to do you want to get right into it, or is there something you want to share? I know you said you had a story that you wanted to, to kick off with, or do you want to just get right into the nitty gritty? Oh, man, I feel like if if we go down that rabbit hole, this could be a two hour episode. So <laughs> might want to just stick to the structure of the program because this could go yes. many ways. Okay, well, I got a question to start. Loiter, at what age did you realize you were no longer allergic to your defensive zone? <laughs> Probably, uh, geez. Yeah, no, definitely not minor hockey. Uh, <laughs> that blue line was, uh, was an enemy for me. Just not appealing. Uh, honestly, it's funny. It wasn't until junior a that I realized the importance of defense. And, um, I'm sure we'll touch on it, but ended up getting scratched later into as a 19 year old coming back from the O. So, um, definitely something I probably should have learned uh, at a younger age. Cause may have bit me in the butt a little bit. Well, it's funny because the NHL tried all this stuff to increase scoring. You know, they reduced the pads. They were going to make the nets bigger. But for you, they just took away the three-way, three-line pass rule. So that that was your golden <laughs> ticket into the O, I think, eh? Yeah, it was all about numbers, right? It wasn't about uh, the rest of the game. It was like, ah, I had, had three rips tonight. It was a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Man, just to jump on to that, like, obviously to preface this, most of our listeners know, but Lloyd and I grew up playing together our whole lives and we went to elementary school together and, and high school. And so we're best of buddies. And, and it's kind of funny cause I was reminiscing on our, our glory days of hockey as a young kid. And I, I'd say like Lloyd was that kid who was like Pat, like Ovi. Dude, where, ge- generational talent, generational no, it, talent, dude. It was no matter how many he scored or when he scored, he was as excited as his first goal of all time. Oh yeah, like this guy, like just loved to score. So it was hilarious to see. Like he could, he used to have five a night, and that fifth one was as big of a celly as the first one. It didn't matter. And every time Amanda comes on the microphone, that's my brother. And then your, yeah. you know, your grandpa's got like the horn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got like the bullhorn with all the pre-programmed sound. It was the best. Like you're pumping a team nine one. He's still firing up the goal chant. Yeah, man. Um, no, you're not wrong. It, and it's funny because my dad and I'll chat about it now. And it's like I, I didn't have the concepts of like what a good game was. Right? It was just like it was the one zone. It was the offensive zone. So um, you end up putting up four or five points at a game, and 
didn't really work hard, but it just came easy. And it was like, all right, well, I did my job today. But uh, it was actually Papa's birthday yesterday. So uh, we were oh, all together as a family and, nice. and talking about some Papa memories. And that was one that came up. It was just always uh, biggest fan. You know, he was always at every game and the the horn was hilarious um, for people who obviously might not know. It's just he had the pre-programmed sounds like Pat had mentioned or sorry, P-Bobs had mentioned. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, the three blind mice would come on every time there was a penalty and the charge. So yeah, Yeah, it was awesome. That was awesome. Lloyd's hockey career was like what kept the Lloyd family so, so close. Like this guy was seven and he'd roll 25 deep to every game. Like he would fill the stands with his family every game, summer hockey. Yeah. The Castleman Voyager tournaments were the number one, like seller. Like, yeah, the Lloyds are coming. We're going to fill the seats tonight. 25 bucks ahead. We'd be in Brampton, Ontario. No one ever wants to go there. We'd be there for a hockey tournament. Lloyd have six rooms side by side <laughs> with his family. Just absolutely buzzing in the rinks. Yeah. But, uh, but so Lloyder, I want to keep going because obviously like you were just so nasty as a kid and we were lineys forever. Like I remember we played like four or five years on a line yeah. together. And I was, that was the most free apples of my fucking career. It was just like a pass to Loiter and Loiter was skating down the wing and ripping one top corner when the goalie like could barely reach the top corner. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about this. So you clarified this to me two weeks ago and it broke my life. Like it destroyed me. Lloyd in his house, his childhood house had a shrine. It was a Adam Lloyd shrine <laughs> to his hockey career. And it was all of his trophies, all of these things, and his memorabilia. And I remember it was a cutout article and it said, Adam Lloyd, the next Joe Sackick. And it was no, a printout of him. That's yeah. awesome. And an article. And we have given Lloyd, I, I wouldn't say the business, but it was always like, Adam Lloyd, the next Joe Sackick. Like we would say that since we were like 10. <laughs> We've been talking about this. So if you want to clear the air, Loiter, to all the people listening, <laughs> now's your time. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong with the shrine. There was the big trophy case upstairs with all the medals and all the the the, the championship trophies because Jimmy was the coach, right? So everything that we won ended up coming back home and we had this big, I guess, get up of, of trophies and medals um, with the article as well. And uh, to touch on that, it was a tournament in Ithaca, New York. Um, and was it Gloucester Blackhawks or was it um, Blackburn Stingers? I Black, Blackburn Stingers rings a bell. I think, I think it was either that. So that that's like novice. Um, and if you guys remember in those, in those tournaments, there was always a photographer, right? You walk in the main lobby and they're set up, they have nine screens and they're flipping through all these pictures that they have. Um, and you know, uh, my family being the way they are with the shrine, as you mentioned, they're like, yeah, we're going to get one. But they had this template where you can customize a news article. Um, and my favorite player at the time was Joe Sackick. So um, they have all these templates like you could your name, um, five goals or whatever, whatever it was. Uh, but there was the one that said, uh, could he be the next and you fill in your favorite player? So it was like Adam Lloyd, the next Joe Sackett question mark. And anyways, we got that printed out and that made the shrine. So, but I remember Blob's got a caught eyes in that at a, I, 
I don't know when, but got his teeth yeah, into that one, eh? Never let it go. That I got one that one early. Yeah, I got that one early. Yep. That that thing came up one day later. You were getting roasted, and uh, and yeah, you kind of broke my heart when I heard it was fake. But uh, I'm I'm still I'm still sticking to the story. For me, I mean, but, it makes uh, me feel better that it was fake. So <laughs> the expectations yeah. were never there on from the National Hockey League. But, but when did you find out that it was fake? Did did, did Jimmy play it up? Like, <laughs> did he play it up? like? Look at this, man. Look at this. Yeah. That that was, was uh, a confidence. Exactly. That was the, the false confidence that he was trying to get into my head. But no, I, I, I knew that it was never a real article. But um, yeah, I'm glad it's not. <laughs> it's funny that we, we talk about that. But for years, like obviously your dad was the coach. And Jimmy, like if there's anything that J- like Jimmy did everything for us. And it was all hockey. Like he just truly loved the game and obviously like loved you, Loiter. And he was going to do anything to, to give allow you to succeed and uh i i have a story in particular and I, this kills me but do, pat do you remember J- uh, jordan friesen when he was like the best player of your age oh yeah he was yeah. so fast he hit puberty blah, blah, blah. at the age of like 12 and he was flying out there dummying kids and he was our next door neighbor which you know lloyd yeah and i remember i used to go to pat's games and i was like obsessed with jordan friesen playing hockey and he was number 38 and i was like dude that is such a random number i like number 38 who wears 38 especially back then and um i remember i would just like idolized jordan and so hey, we that's, get to that's our... great to know that I'm, I'm sharing the ice with this guy but you're you're taking 38 <laughs> over number two four p wobs on defense back there that's okay yeah, carry on tr- yeah because you were an absolute fucking molasses wheel on d and like <laughs> jordan friesen was skating like literally blowing by you he's on your team and he's just like blowing by you. I, I you don't want to idolize just a fucking molasses tree on d you want that high flying forward okay action. respect respect carry on anywho so we get to to the rink and i had made the team jim lloyd's the uh <laughs> jim lloyd's the head coach and we get to barrett arena and i get called in and he goes, yeah, welcome to the team, blah, 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 first practice. By the way, what number do you want? And that week, I had talked to Lloyd and I had said, hey, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to go for 38 this year, Jordan Friesen, blah, blah, blah. And Lloyd was like, oh, 38, that's stupid, like dumb number. Lloyd was 19 always because of fucking his idol too, Joe Sackick. I get into the room. I'm like, yeah, it's a lock. What number you want? 38. Jim Lloyd goes, oh, uh, sorry, that one's already taken. Uh, do you want to try another number? I'm like, take it. Who the fuck took 38? <laughs> and he never told me. So I'm like, okay, I'll take like four, I guess. And I get to the first practice, and then finally they start handing out the jerseys. 38 Lloyd. Fucking Adam <laughs> took 38 from me, the fucking guy. That's like the ultimate, do you remember that? The ultimate like – dick move when you're when you're minor hockey when somebody shows up earlier than you and snakes your number oh my gosh oh, loiter what it, it's probably because all the joe sackick chirping like or is that is that another there's some there's got to be some sort of hidden, hidden reason here yeah so <laughs> it's well i'll circle back if, if speed was what was impressing you blobs when you're uh uh, a was when you're looking at at who's the player to look, you would have loved Jordan Marcus or Justin Milson in our age group. Those must have been the idols at the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, those guys, they, those were the boys. They were fast as fuck. But the number situation is funny because <clears throat> my perspective on this will be a whole lot different when I tell this. Is my dad always said like, you know, as the as the coach's son, like you might have to take a couple on the chin in terms of like you don't get your number, you don't get this. And I remember it was that year. And it was at the time it was only single A and double A, right? 
And the way that the Rangers organization worked was the double A got the even numbers. So two, four, six, eight, uh, whereas the A got the odd numbers. So 19 wasn't available for double A. And I'm going, well, I don't really like any other numbers. And fresh on my mind is, is 38 because Alex, sorry, Abel's ended up just saying it. <clears throat> and uh, I go, oh, like kind of kind of starting to dig 38 like it's kind of cool no one wears 38 yeah kind of like that and I remember my dad coming in being like hey like you know this year like you'll get you'll get your first pick of the number like well we'll give you a little incentive here you know uh kids coach like as he always said is you know you never always get what you want because the optics of things so he's like you know what you get whatever number you want this year so I'm going at the time I didn't like 12 my dad even pushed for 12 and I was like ah Nah, it's not me. Um, and it's ironic because I ended up wearing 12 for more or less the rest of my career afterwards. But yeah, I was just like, ah, 38. And you peel it back now and look like, what a prick. What a dick. <laughs> like, yeah. I've taken you to the court for that. Man. Kangaroo that court. Kangaroo That's court. Fine. But you know what the funny part is, is Jim took a look at all the jerseys and he saw that the C was on 38 from the guy from last year. So he's like, Adam, 38. Like while he's sleeping, just in his ear, 38. 38, just 38. whispering. Oh, my kid, my kid already picked the jersey, has a C on it, has a C on it. Yeah. Dude, Jimmy was all about the tactics, though. Do you remember that one year for tryouts, AAA, where you wore neon socks to stand oh. out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him buying bright yellow socks, bright yellow. And I'm, and it's like our colors were green, white, black. And he's like, no, no, no. These socks will make you stand out. Everyone will go, who's the one who has the yellow socks out there? That's funny. I didn't even remember that, but (laughs) I I didn't have that in my notes. That was off the top, but uh, dude. Yeah. And what's funny is Lloyd was the fucking best player. It's like, dude, I remember being in the room and like, we all know why you're wearing, take those off, dude. You're the best player. Like you don't need to be noticed right now in AAA. But yeah, those are fucking, that's so funny. But you were, you were wild back then. I remember like we were talking about your numbers the other day, Loiter. And this is in, uh, was this minor midget we were talking about where you had 62 points in 27 games in AAA hockey? Yeah, that was the minor midget year. Um, 20, 2009 to 10. Um, yeah, that was the draft year. It was 2010. And it's yeah, funny because 26 goals, a little thing on this as games. well is, um, they, when you're going into the OHL draft and some of these combines, like the OHL combine, I remember going to that. It was something they were trying out. I don't know if they still do it, but they make you submit, um, your numbers. So those were my regular season stats. 38. What's that? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. But uh, they make you submit your stats. And my dad ended up, I don't know how, but I think he asked the manager who was Mike Primo that year, or maybe anyways, ended up asking for the game sheets and stuff. And Jimmy's tallying all my tournament points and tacking it on top of this. So I remember at this combine, you see everyone's league stats, right? Which is where you pull from the website. But then there's mine and there's like 60 games played, like including the tournaments, 125 <laughs> points or whatever it was. But that he just pumped those in there to make sure that the numbers stuck out. Now I remember Daniel Walsh was at that too. And, and D Walsh is like, has his regular season stats. Hedges has his regular season stats only. And then there's me with all my tournament info in there as well. 
Yeah, all he has all your stats down the novice, eh? Four hundred and eighty-six <laughs> points in a hundred games played. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jimmy! Actually, side note to that really funny story is I remember in AAA that was that year where you were dominating. I got snipped. Yeah. Remember? Because uh, John Yablonski. And uh, oh, let's not I, open that co- Pandora's oh, box, boys. I'll, I'll join that one shot, eh? Yeah, and I used to come to the games, and I remember one game in particular at Earl Armstrong Arena. And we get there and we're watching. I was with someone else who had got cut. I forget. I think it might have been like Bert or those group, that group of guys. And we're watching the game. And obviously in the top corner, there's, you know, six or seven guys with clipboards. And they're obviously OHL scouts. This is the big year for the boys. In comes Jimmy. And he looks like a man fresh from the grocery store. You know when you try to do one trip? He's got six trays of coffees okay and this guy <laughs> flying through the door i'm like oh jimmy's getting the parents some coffees fucking right right by parent number one right by parent number two right by parent number three right up the stairs of Earl Armstrong to the corner every guy with a clipboard got a coffee i can tell you that <laughs> <laughs> he goes uh yeah he goes hey it's a it's a double double that okay by the way my son's the one in the neon socks <laughs> <laughs> that's funny you met i i i mean i'll take your word for it it's probably i wouldn't put it past them so <laughs> but yeah, i don't buddies. remember it yeah and uh i i'm going backwards a bit i don't know if pat you want to jump in or lord or if you have something but um no man you guys had like massive unreal teams like in triple i try and think of like my age group and i think of our age group we had two guys from the rangers get drafted and and i don't think they even cracked the lineup and you guys like had a whole roster of teams plus guys that were playing double a the level lower Mm -hmm. all had a good little career good little crack at it so must have been fun to have a a team that could at least compete with the uh you know the toronto teams and and not get the wheels pounded off them but um that's kind of cool to have a squad that you guys all kind of moved up the ranks together too. I think I think that team, that minor midget year, I think you roster 18 players, two goalies, 12 forwards, 6D. And I, I think there was something like 15 of us were drafted to the O. Wow. Including man. like call-ups like dupes, um, which is wild that he wasn't on that team if you look where he's at now. But uh, yeah, that, that was a really good team. And it's... I've been fortunate that I've been on a lot of winning teams. Like there's only a couple seasons that were miserable, like Kingston and the O getting traded there. And um, I'm sure we'll touch on some of that stuff in a bit, but um, if, if you guys are done with the Jimmy Lloyd stories, I, I got one that <laughs> that could probably make it. Um, well, I was talking about dad in the, in the crowd and in snoo and chatting up all the scouts and stuff. When, when he transitioned away from coaching, um, he was the parent that was in the corner offensive zone by the glass, right? You know, there's always that group of dads. So Jimmy was there. And I remember one day kind of mid season, he says like, Hey, like have eyes and and look at me and I'll give you signs. So we had this sign thing where um, there was one where I needed to pick it up a little bit. And I, he didn't think I was playing a good game. And there was a sign that it's like, Hey, you're doing well, keep it up. So I'd look over and I'd see Jimmy arms crossed glaring me down and he'd take his glasses off and he'd put them back on. And that meant, Hey, like your shit, pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> and then if I looked at him another time, he had this thing, he'd grab his ear, he'd play with his, uh, his ear and just kind of yank it. That meant like, Hey, you're doing well, keep it up. But it was, uh, 
I, I just remember him telling me that. And I was like, all right, we're going to go to this system now. So it was just like <laughs> every like time you're in the base uh, yeah, in, exactly. in MLB, this show. Yeah. That's awesome. We got to say, we got to say though, Jimmy's a, a certified beauty though. Like we we're making him sound like an intense guy, but he's like a super nice guy still like for the boys. And like, I know that, uh, you know, we're kind of busting his chops a little bit, but I think he was one of the, the fan favorites, not only among the, the boys in the dress room and the other kids, but definitely among the parents too. So, um, I, I think we can all agree on that for sure. Yeah. No, he cared. He just wanted what was best and, you know, some unorthodox ways, I guess we could say, but there, you know, it was always just from a, a supportive angle. And I guess he just kind of realized what could come of, um, the opportunity. And I think that was just more it. Uh, when you when you yeah. look at it now, at the time, it's kind of like, what the fuck's going on here? I'm getting <laughs> slate calls and signs, but well, you, uh, honestly, you beat me to it, Pat, because I was going to say, Lloyd, you were talking about like being fortunate enough to be on good teams, but honestly, I look at our minor hockey, and he's a huge reason as for why like we developed so well, and he was actually a really good coach. And on top of that, like he was leading the charge on making you know AAA teams getting exposure, and I, if I'm not wrong, he was huge into the. Uh, triple a getting triple a in ottawa and that was massive for us yeah and i think he was pretty heavily involved in that as well so like kudos to jimmy because you're right he did really do everything to try and give us an opportunity and for a lot of us it's because of him that we're even still playing and things like that so yeah kudos to him yeah i think i think at the time he was on the board in in double a for the rangers and i think it was during that time where all the the triple a talks were going on about making the league stronger in ottawa to compete with the toronto teams because other than that you're just kind of waiting for summer hockey to roll around to to create a powerhouse to try and tackle some of those toronto teams but yeah, that was a, I think that was a good thing for for the league in Ottawa is, is to have those the AAA at least condense the zones and I know you guys have alluded to some of the 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 zones and the regions of where you go as opposed to Toronto where you can just kind of pick your team, pick your spots. Yeah, yeah, definitely a different system. Um and I guess we can we can move on to maybe the CJ. I, I was going to briefly go over that. I know you spent some time with the Gloucester Rangers with Nate and and Kreps and the Blundins and some of the guys we've kind of brought up, but you were before Alex and you left after Alex, or I guess Alex kind of missed each other in terms of the junior A, but is there anything that you want to touch on in terms of your experience moving up there as a 16-year-old? And and at least, like I said, you had a couple of rookies with you, like Nate, to, to kind of bring you along, but were you nervous about like rookie party? Did you hear anything? What was the talk about? Like, I know you were protected there, so your odds of, of at least cracking the lineup were pretty good, but was there like a, an eye-opening moment where like, oh boy, this is a little bit different than AAA where I'm putting up three points a night? You still had some solid stats, by the way. Yeah, it wasn't a bad first season. Um, it, it was a different animal, I guess, um, going from, you know, being one of the top dogs to now you're a 16 year old playing against men. Uh, so the jump was a little different, but it, in all honesty, like I, I, I had a pretty good year offensively. Um, and I think that was kind of around the time that you have to make your decision whether you're going to go college or OHL. And um, I, I remember looking back and it, I, I had, I had some, some full rides offered and uh, Clarkson uh, and Penn state was starting up. That was another one that was interested. Colgate was another one that I was chatting a lot with at 16. And for me, it was just like, I, I was always going to go to the OHL. You know, you kind of dream about that as a kid. Um and it's uh, it's funny because I I think 
my, I ended up with 38 points that year. And I think I probably had 30 by Christmas and it was right around that time that the OHL was starting to come knocking and, uh, uh, seeing if I'd be interested to, to move up. And I remember it was our last game before, before the Christmas break and, um, the Brampton scout, um, the Ottawa guy, John Evans, I think his name was, he come, he, he come chatting with me and saying, you know, like, we want to bring you up for the rest of the year. And at that point I was going, you know what, I'm having a really good year here, getting some looks D one, like it might be, we'll, we'll see what kind of happens. And I told him that, but as this is coming down the pipeline and telling me this, Paul Jennings, Rick Dorval and uh, Sly end up walking right by me as they're the guys saying, Hey, like we want to bring you up. And coming back from the Christmas break, I was moved from second line to fourth line and then scratched in and out. And it just really made the decision easy for me where it's like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm gone. I'm out. Wow. So wow. that was a big playing factor in it. And you, you know, you talk about some of those guys that, uh, that you had mentioned the, the, I hated it there, man. I like, and <laughs> now I'm and gonna I have to bleep names, bro. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, you didn't say hated that. Yeah, yeah, hated it there. Yeah, the experience wasn't positive. I, I think. <laughs> I think just the the way that I was, um, and my mentality of of going from being. You know, the big fish in a small pond yeah, to just exactly. like the the sixteen year old rookie in a in a league with twenty year olds. It's, it's yeah. a different ballpark. And it was eh? almost. I mean, I, I've said this to to A Boz is that like I was a prima donna back then, and I, I just everything was expected. Back then, nothing was earned. <laughs> and trust me, things have changed uh, on my end a lot um, in terms of how you, I can kind of see the game and at least understand why some things happened the way they did. But. Um, yeah, I just, I, I guess I never just kind of grounded myself and just kind of still had that same prima donna 16-year-old Well, and it's stink. funny that you you brought up the part about being like 30 points in the first half of the season. I remember like talking to you when you played in the OHL, even at Brock, and you're always like start off so hot and it's almost like you get bored of hockey. You just be like, yeah, I'm over it. I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. And it's just kind of funny that that uh, that's just a memory that came to mind when you said that. It's just kind of like uh, a recollection of like when things are not maybe going great or it's near the end of the season, you're kind of bruised and battered. You're kind of like, yeah, okay, ready for golf now. Yeah, kick your feet up and let's get this season <laughs> over with. Let's go to playoffs. Yeah. It's funny that you say that, Lloyd, and like this is completely the wrong way to describe you, but I, I'm having a hard time like finding the words. But I guess prima donna is good, but you were like somewhat of like a cocky oh, yeah. kid in a way because you were you were so good. Swagger. Pat, swagger. Do you remember this story? Swagger. That's a great way to put it. Do you remember uh when we would play road hockey? And we would always play road hockey outside of our house. And Lloyd came over. You had organized a game outside of our house with all of your friends. And I invited Lloyd. And Lloyd was dominating your friends. I remember at, this. And, and just for preface, you guys are five years younger than us. So, like. Yes. And Lloyd was making your all your friends look silly. And he would score. And every time he scored, he went up to Jordan Wilshire. I want, I said, want Lloyd to say it, though. I want Lloyd <laughs> yeah. to say it the way that you were and saying it. what were you it. saying to him? Every time you scored, making him look silly, what did you it say? It was a big uh, gold member just came out, and it was uh, <laughs> just go up to him every time and go, hey, put that one in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember after eight times, times, oh, my God, oh yeah. my God uh, and Jordan Wilchar came up to you and said, yes. hey, tell this kid to go home or I'm going to kill gonna, him. I'm going to pop his eyes shut. Yeah. 
Yeah, put that one in your pipe Every and Every goal, and yeah. I'm like, at this point, I'm laughing, I'm laughing, and everybody at the, it's just, like, you could tell some people are, like, enjoying it and finding it funny, and some people, their blood pressure just ri- rising and rising and rising, ankle-breaking kids left, right, and center that are five years older than you. And, and you know what it is, non-stop. too, at, at that point, it's like, you're, like you said, five years younger, you're playing with the big kids, right? So it's like, they're laughing at you, they think it's funny, I'm just gonna keep abusing this, as if I'm getting laughs, right? They think I'm cool, or whatever it is, so it's just... <laughs> Just like, hey, put that one in your pipe and smoke it. And I, I picture you with Gloucester, and again with those big personalities, like they could be tough. Like even as as Pat's younger brother, like they used to really give it to yeah. me. And I just picture you, like obviously being the the big player and the prospect that you were, and having that kind of swagger that they would they would be trying to knock you down a few pegs. Yeah. But uh, and that's why Panny and uh, Leslie fit in so well with that group, just because they didn't say much; they just were themselves and. Um, I guess weren't trying to be something they they aren't, and you know what yeah. I mean. Or they just, just they they turned on you like, oh, we we cannot be the whipping boy. Let's just yeah. uh, tag team on loiter here. Yeah, give it to him. Let him deal with it. Rookie party, just like you know all the stuff that goes on in some of those, and I just like, I don't remember much from it other than a few games, and then just waking up tent in a tent, head zipped out of the tent, and I think it was. Bl- put me in there and, and zip me up just right outside and my neck's just sticking out waking up in a face full of puke and oh no yeah <laughs> oh those are the glory days buddy yeah you don't have those that's, anymore that's eh? what we live no 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 so then we we, that... we fast forward a little bit alex unless you wanted to touch base on anything else in the cj or the tier one whatever they call it now last last question okay i need to know if this is true or not but chad millet to this day still talks about this he thinks it's hilarious chad was like the clown of our group he says that on draft day he was making like ohl draft day that he was making phone calls to the boys pretending to be gms is that true or is that not true probably he said he got you good with one saying that he was the guy from the peterborough Pete's and you were and that they were drafting you and you were all fired up on the phone so it may not have been the actual (laughs) draft itself um, because I okay. remember I was, my, my, my dad said, go to the gym and just, we'll see what happens. So I don't think that was the actual draft itself, but it may have been the, the buildup beforehand. I remember getting a call, um, and you know, i had had a few calls with a few OHL teams and you know, you, they ask you like your strengths, whether areas you can improve on all that. And I did get a call where it's like, Hey, my name's Jeff from Peterborough or from Erie or whoever, wherever it was. Um, we like your game. What, what's your biggest strength? And it's like rapid fire questions, which was like different. And I remember being kind of on the phone, like this doesn't seem right. What are your biggest strengths? Oh, like scoring, blah, 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 like this and that. What are your weaknesses? Ah, D zone. Who do you play your, who do you monitor your game after? Uh, whoever. Joe Sackick. Right? Yeah. Joe Sack. <laughs> um, but then just being like, okay, uh, we're not drafting you. You suck. Hang up. Like just one of those things. Uh, I never knew who it was. I always figured it was one of the Ottawa Valley Titans guys. Just oh, like, yeah. if it was Millet, then it's Millet and tip your cap to could, the guy. Could have been. Now, you know, yeah. tip your cap to old Millsy. Did you get any good uh, interview so stuff? Funny. Like in terms of like, uh, you know, you hear some of the stories of like going into a room or, or did you ever experience anything where they're on the horn and they give you like a, a curveball question? Like you just talked about the standard ones, but did you ever get into there and they put you in an absolute pretzel with the curveball? Not really, um, OHL wise. Um, the I guess the most intense one was our our agency at the time. Octagon had a bunch of 
GMs and scouts come down to, to Ottawa to their building and kind of put a bunch of us of their clients into these meetings. And the sit down meetings are obviously a lot different. You're 15 years old. You're talking to these 40 year old men, 60 year old men, whoever at telling you to talk about your game. So I don't know if there was any question in particular that kind of threw me for a loop, but I remember just the in-person kind of feel to it, as opposed to on the phone where you're on speaker and Jimmy can, can give you a thumbs up or, or yeah, he's <laughs> doing something his glasses. on a piece of paper. He's got yeah, his glasses exactly. firing. Bad answer. Bad answer. <laughs> Takes his glasses off. That's awesome. But it, that's, that's kind of cool. Nonetheless, you get drafted, you get drafted by Brampton. Uh, I think the, the crappiest part about that team is their, their helmets and their gitch like that, that puke green Jersey that they used to have. But anyways, fifth round and uh, you end up spending some time there before joining Kingston. Uh, ironically, you get traded for a fifth rounder as well. So it's kind of a, I guess an equal trade, but was that a little and bit of Derek a disappointment? Froze. Oh, I did not see that. And Maybe it was Derek a player froze. to be named. He was pretty good. Yeah. Froze, he um, was a player. He was okay. Pretty good. Was guy. that a little bit of a disappointment shocker or was that kind of like motivation or was that something that you kind of figured fifth round or, or what was that experience like for you in the draft? Cause was it still like a, a refresh the page type thing? Like when we, we had, it, it was kind of like you had to refresh every 10 seconds and then the name would show up on like an yeah. Excel spreadsheet basically. Yeah. So I think the year that maybe the year before, two years before they started implementing like the video feeds of the first round and maybe the second round. But after that, it was just kind of the, oh, your name's here. You get a call or whatever. But I do remember draft day, as I mentioned, my dad just said, go to the gym and, and you know, we'll, we can figure it out after. And I remember fourth round rolled, rolled around and I was half our, our trainer was kind of keeping some guys in, in the know. And I was like, fourth round, fuck, like I'm still not picked. And, um, it's funny that it was Brampton who ended up drafting me because my dad asked me, there was a list of teams that our agency said like, Hey, we're not where we won't report. Um, but my dad goes of the teams that are still there. Like what's the one team you don't want to go to. And then it was like Brampton. I don't want to be in Brampton. I don't like the green army. I don't like, it's not me. And you touch on the summer skates and you stick out like Jimmy probably loved it. Cause it's almost the same as the yellow socks. But they were the, the worst jerseys green probably of, of all time. And the, the jerseys like what it like a snot green is like the best way to describe it. Yeah. They were disgusting. It's, I don't even know if you'd call it army green. Like it's, it's the in between. Nah. And it's like yellow and white yeah. and brown. I think there was even brown in there too. It was a very weird. It's like the mud pie I took when I was hungover. <laughs> that color. But yeah, the, the the getting moved was was tough. Um, and it was we just got it was January 9th, one day before the deadline. And I remember it was uh, I got a call on my way to school. I went to school in Mississauga in the French board, so I had to drive like twenty five minutes every morning to get to class, and. I get a call at like 7 a.m. and I answer and it's our it's our media guy saying, hey, uh, Stan wants to wants to talk to you. And I go, OK, like, do you want me to come at practice or like we had practice that day? Should I just come see him beforehand? They go, no, no, no. Like, come now. Come as quick as you can. So I end up calling my dad. I go, hey, you know, I think I'm getting moved. Go in. No assistant coaches, no coach, no GM. It's our media guy. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So he goes, there's this big envelope on on the table and um, kind of just, you know, uh, Adam, uh, you've been moved. Um, 
to Kingston and I kind of go, okay, well they stink. So this will be interesting. Um, <laughs> hands me this envelope. He goes, there's $500 in cash to get you, uh, to Kingston. Um, Doug Gilmore's numbers in there. He's expecting your call. Um, and yeah, good luck. So I'm kind of going, all right, go to my stall. There's a garbage bag hanging up, throw my shit in a garbage bag, go home, call my billets. Um, they end up coming back the old thanks for everything. Goodbye. Call my dad. And he, I go, you know, Doug Gilmore's expecting my call. And I don't think I realized how cool that is in the moment. Cause you say it now, it's like Doug Gilmore, like hockey hall of famer is expecting. Yeah, that's pretty call. cool. That's pretty cool. So I call him and you know, we're practice at this time. We'll set you up with billets. So I ended up missing practice the first day, um, and settle into my billets and, and, and yeah, but it was just kind of like a weird experience because I'd never had gone through that where it's almost like you feel like a team doesn't want you. Um, so it was it was it was interesting. And then especially going to a team that was dead last. And I think we won two or three games for the whole second half of the season. So it was tough. But um, yeah, that's so no, no farewell from your good buddy, Stan Butler. No, Butsy. No, me and Butsy. I don't think we really Butsy. saw it. I. <laughs> no. no dupes i asked dupes I'm like hey you got any like uh things i should ask lloyd and he's like oh ask him about his good buddy uh coach in brampton there that he was really tight with yeah so. no i i remember uh him just after one game we lost to saginaw and they were bad and get in and post-game speech lloyd sogus don't even fucking bother coming on the road trip don't be even pack. You guys are going to be sitting here all weekend. So we had a three and three in the States or wherever we were going. And me and so we were just kind of like, well, nice little break. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So loiter, you go to Kingston and obviously they're a poo poo. Yeah. And, uh, we're watching the masters right now. It's masters time. And, uh, I'm looking here at your stats and, uh, were you trying to win the green jacket that year? Or <laughs> yeah, I don't I, I see minus 19 is minus 19. Is that a type? I, mean, I may not have Brooks been far off day three? Yeah, no, no I, you, yeah, I have it in front of me too. I can confirm that that was the stat. Yeah. <laughs> well, minus 19. That makes sense. So that was nice. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but you go to Kingston and obviously you have some fam familiar faces there. Um, was that a little bit more reassuring or, or was it just like, you know, how, how was that for you getting, getting moved to another team? I know you kind of touched yeah. on it, but no, it definitely made the transition easier. It, it wasn't like I was going to a place where I knew no one, you know, there was Billy Jenkins, Johnny dupes, uh, the good Bransons actually. Yeah. Just Alex at the time. But, um, so at least there were people I knew. Um, so it kind of made it a little bit easier with the transition, but you know, didn't really perform well in Kingston and <laughs> at the end of the season, see ya. Bye. That's okay. Yeah. So you talk about it's, it wasn't too bad of a transition. So is it harder the second time when they <laughs> ship you out? You got shipped to Oshawa generals. Um, if Stan Butler should have told you in Kingston to not even pack your yeah, bags, you unpack should your bags. Just said, wait till the next year. You'll <laughs> yeah, twenty-two have games in Kingston. To go. Um, yeah, no, um, it was kind of a different story. And that time uh, when I was getting moved, it was the first day the trade lock was lifted, and Dad was getting a new car. Lease was up, and he was swapping them in and out. And he needed a ride. He was dropping his car off, and I needed to drive him back. So I'm sitting behind him, and it was right when the whole no texting and driving, no phones and driving was kind of becoming main 
stream in the media and I look over, I'm getting a call. It says Doug Gilmore. So I'm going, oh, fuck. So I, hello. And uh, immediately I see my dad in the rear view look and I'm sitting there with my elbow up and, and chatting on the phone and he's freaking out, like giving me the hang up, hang up from the car in front and I'm giving him the no no one second one second trying to communicate as if he knows what I'm saying but yeah it was Dougie who called me and just said hey uh, appreciate everything you've done and we're moving you to Oshawa um, that was actually a cooler transition I remember telling my dad he's like Oshawa that's awesome like really good organization and um, treat their players really well so that was cool and especially getting the call right away from DJ Smith um, just kind of saying, Hey, you're going to play a lot bigger of a role. You know, you're older, we're going to lean on you a little bit more. Um, and then getting a call from the GM and Jeff Tui, and he was saying he was in Peterborough at the time and really wanted to take me early and, um, kind of got overruled with a few things and, you know, um, I don't blame whoever was overruling him at the time, but, um, so it was cool because it was almost like, Hey, like we want you, we're happy you're here. So that was, um, a little bit of an easier pill to swallow. A cooler jerseys too, so that's Way that's a plus, right? Way better. Yeah, that's awesome. I was going to get into DJ Smith because I know we had chatted about him and obviously the current coach of the Senators. I don't know how much longer, but I'm sure he uh, he's built his way up pretty quick to the yeah. NHL ranks. You know, he's assistant coach with Toronto, and then he moved up to the Sens pretty quick. Is there anything in terms of your time with him with, with Oshawa that made him stand out from some other coaches that you've had? I know you've had Sheldon Keefe as well. Um, so maybe just a comparison or what type of coach he was or maybe something that happened aside from that phone call that, you know, made, gave you some value, right? And um, in terms of your, your being a player for DJ Smith. He was, he was like more of a player's coach. Um, loved to, to shoot the shit with you and, and chat about whatever. Um, God, I got some Smitty stories. It's almost like you don't even know where to start. But one thing I thought was really cool about DJ was that it was the first time that I was really exposed to like in-depth video and, and seeing things in the game. Like we did video in Brampton. Actually, I don't think we did any in Kingston. Um, but it was, it was, there was cool. no good plays. It was all, <laughs> exactly. it was like, yeah, there was nothing was good shit. to show. Shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know we're here on the fourth with Adam Lloyd and he's looking to tap one. In here. We see him in his D zone, lost his man. And that's minus one for Lloyd. Yeah. yeah and we'll, we'll, I'm sure that, that resonates a story with me and you right away. Pembroke yeah. Your video CP. coach is Nick Faldo. <laughs> but yeah, so it was DJ was, was good in that regard and really kind of broke down the game for you. So you can actually like learn a lot more through them. Um, but yeah, geez, where do you start with some Smitty stories? Um, one thing I thought was really cool was when you were like a scratcher out of the lineup after every practice you stayed on and you played three on three, the three scratches against the three coaches. And man, he still has it, man. Like he can still play. He played in the, played in the NHL for Toronto for a little bit. And he, for as big as a stature that he is now, he, he can still move surprisingly well. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. A little three on three with the coaches. Uh, and also in, 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 in Oshawa, you had a couple of big names that ended up making a, a, a good little healthy career in the NHL. We had Boone Jenner. I think I saw Scott Lawton and, and our boy Sabby yeah. from Orleans. Yeah. So just a little bit of touch on that. Did they big league you? Like, what were they like when you came in? Did they kind of take you out for, for dinner? Like, what was that experience like with those guys at that time? And I know they're a little bit younger. They've definitely probably uh, matured is maybe the right yeah. word, but uh, they were probably the big, the big wheels in Oshawa at the time. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um... 
Booner was just a great guy, like salt of the earth human, no ego to him. Just put your nose down, hard work. Um, he was actually probably one of the best captains that um, I had looking back on it. Um, Lots was a little bit more of a, a character and liked the bottle a bit. And uh, but again, turned into a, a really good NHL career. He's found a home for himself in Philly. Um, savvy, savvy was a, a different story because he kind of was, I don't want to say irrelevant, but didn't do a whole lot until 19 and then gets kept in as a 20 year old and fought. And, you know, I think he had something like 30 goals in his OA year and ended up getting signed by LA, if I'm not mistaken, Kings. Yeah. I'm not too sure, but yeah, he ended up getting his opportunity after that OA yeah. season for sure. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, handful of really big names, even, even like. Tyler Biggs was someone who was a first uh, round draft pick by the Leafs and Dal Cole. Cole was another one uh, at 16, really ripped up the league, played with Jenner and Biggs. And um, I, I don't know where he's at. I think he might be in the A now still in uh, the, Isles I think he's with the Islanders. Yeah, yeah. He was, yeah, he's been up and down. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of big names, uh, especially in Oshawa. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That like I remember your days in Oshawa, and like it, it felt more pro. While well, being your friend, at least like the way you felt like a lot more comfortable in Oshawa, and it felt like kind of you were in the big leagues. I remember watching you guys. Like we'd go, you play in Ottawa, and we'd go watch, and I would just be in awe, being like, "Fuck, like this looks so cool." Here I was in junior A, and like I could still hear my mom being like, "Fucking skate!" <laughs> like from the stands, you know. And you guys are selling out arena. So in retrospect, when you think about that, it's like it's pretty cool, and, and it's, it's a really cool experience. But and that's uh, just right after the uh, John Tavares uh, era, too. I think right that he must have just left as you were getting yeah. in there. So they probably had some prestige. They had some good years, and and he ended up breaking the record in uh, the Gretzky's goal record in in the Oshawa General yeah. Jersey. So and then you know Lindros is another one, Bobby Orr, yeah. like some big names. Some that big were, names. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And then Adam Louis. Speaking of big names. Yeah. Speaking of big names, I want to talk about you going back to junior A because it's honestly some of my best hockey memories are that year when I was 20 and uh, and you had the opportunity to go back at, at the end of 19. It was. You spent half the year in CP, I believe. Yeah, and it then was the next probably, year. Probably. Well, I think I left around. Yeah, maybe end of September, October. And I don't think I ended up playing in, in CP until maybe end of October, November kind of. Right. Yeah. Because I remember like taking, you know, it feels like taking a step back a little bit in your career when you're like, fuck, I'm going back to junior A. I'm going to be 20, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how you felt. Maybe you can touch on that. But I just know that like some of my best memories were that year. And then I came back to Pembroke and you were in yeah. CP, which was the biggest rivalry of, of the league that year. So that was a really cool experience. I don't know if you could touch on that kind of. Yeah, I think it was bit, probably right, the most like humbling experience of, of everything. And I remember when, you know, I was going through the process of, of leaving and, and coming back to, to, to junior A in Ottawa. And um, I just remember being like, I'm going to just take this league by storm. Like this is going to be a cakewalk. And it kind of trickles into this thing that we were talking about earlier with that, that kind of prima donna mentality where it's just like, hey, I don't have to work for anything. This will just be easy. And um, real humbling 19-year-old year um, when you get into it. And I had an okay year production-wise um, on like a third-line role. But, you know, 
we won the Bogard cup that year, the league, the league cup. And, um, I didn't play the semi, the semifinals finals. Um, and it was just like, the message was like, you're not, you're not good enough right now. What you're doing is not helping the team. And I remember just being like, what the fuck is going on? Like, how do, how do I go from playing in the O to, um, coming back? And now it's like, I'm a scratch. Like what this doesn't add up. Um, but yeah, so, so I learned a lot that year. And I think that's kind of when the mentality of, of everything kind of switched in terms of what it actually takes to, to be successful and everything had come so easily for me at that point that it almost kind of triggered like, Hey, like you're not that good. Like you got to work for this. And, uh, yeah, so real humbling 19 year old year, uh, with the transition and then, um, ended up pulling in for one game, uh, in the RBC cup. We went to the Fred page and, um, we ended up going through that, but one guy gets suspended up front, Tyson Stewart. So I draw back in and I remember <laughs> sitting on the bench in the first period and I had played, but, um, remember Clarkie coming up to me and be like, you've had two months to rest. You should be the best player on the ice. And I'm going like, I haven't touched the ice in two months. Like I haven't played a game, <laughs> um, but ended up putting up, I think a goal and an assist or two in, in the second period. And then from there on, we rolled 13 forwards and five D. So it was just kind of like, that was the, the first kind of step back into, to, to realizing like, Hey, like, you know, maybe you still can play the game a little bit. So. Um, and then yeah, you ripped game. it up the next year, dude. Like, I think you put up almost a point per game and, and you had a solid season. And I, I remember, I don't know, Alex, if you were going to bring this up, this playoff matchup or playoff pre-playoff matchup where you guys were going goal for goal. And it was like the chirps at the bench. Uh, I don't know if you guys yeah, want to describe yeah. it from each other's perspective, but I was at the game live and it was a hell of a game. It was in Pembroke. And you guys put on, yeah. it was the Lloyd man versus Boivin show for sure out there. So I don't know if you want to talk yeah. about that epic game a little bit more in detail. Well, first of all, kudos to you, Lloyd, because I, I came up late to the party at the 20-year-old year. So I joined Pembroke, and I, I had been messaging you. I'm like, hey, tell Clark yeah. to trade for me. I just go, I want to go to CP, because you guys were the favorites. You had won the year before. You had pretty much the same team. Clark is like, oh, I can't do it, blah, blah, blah. And then I had no idea where I was going to get dealt, but I was waiting to get traded. So in the meantime, I was dicking around in junior B, but that was another story. <clears throat> I get traded to Pembroke. So I go look and I know nothing about the league right now. Pembroke's right behind you guys, first and second. And I look in the league and who's at the top of the league? <laughs> Mr. Adam Lloyd in points. So he was firing on all cylinders. And my first game in the league, ju uh, junior A was against Loiter. And uh, it was really cool. It was in Pembroke. The fans were buzzing. It's a really cool spot. And uh, ended up playing my first game against Loiter. National Anthem, I'm looking and I see Loiter is doing a stupid face from the bench. I'm on the <laughs> ice. like, And I'm just like, I go, oh, here we go again. But uh, yeah, that one game, was that right before Christmas? It like, was. That game where we went back yeah, and forth? Yeah, that, that was a fun game. I actually talked about it with. I'll let you talk. Well, about I mean, it. I, ahead, I'm sure you, you, go into you know, your storytelling ability is a lot better than mine. And I'm jumping, no, jump no, in no, when no, you, you feel free, when you feel the need, but that, that game was funny. Cause, um, I think we ended up with, I may have had four points. You may have had five or I had three and you had four or five or whatever it was, but started off. I think I, I had the first one, um, either an assist or, or goal. I don't remember, but then we end up lining up against each other at, center ice you were playing center somehow i don't know what the fuck you were a centerman out of 
out of nowhere. You never were because I Clarky told yeah, me so I sucked on the walls. So if you're going to play in this league as a 20, <laughs> you're going to be a middle. So that was the switch there. Um, but yeah, I just remember lining up. I go, yeah, that's one nothing for me. And it may have even been the same damn shift where you go back and pot one. And uh, I'm back on the bench and I see you across the ice just going 1-1 one, one with your fingers. And uh, we kind of went back and forth. And uh, one that really sticks out to me, a D-zone draw for me. You win it clean. Um, we're playing. Yeah. Cause you weren't a nope. center. <laughs> we're playing man on man and I'm following 25, no name bar around. I'm just following, following, following. And, uh, you know, puck goes to you and it almost felt like a Crosby Spezza thing behind the net where Bob's just put me on a, <laughs> on a workbench. Puck goes low to high. I'm trying to follow, trying to box out, goes back to Bob's. He dangles me, feeds some guy, tap in back door. I get back to the bench and Clark goes, you're going to let your best friend in the whole world embarrass you like that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, I think that I do think you guys won that one in OT like six, five. And I think I had four, you had five. I scored in overtime. Yeah. And I remember uh, we were going back and forth. It was like one, one, one points you and I two two and then you tried to take I a one timer and it hit your heel and you fanned on it and it went back door for a tap in. You start selling you go that's four three. I'm like and I remember saying that's <laughs> bullshit. You didn't mean to do that. You're like, yeah I did I saw him back door like blah blah blah. Complete fan job. And then I ended up scoring an overtime yeah. to win, which is hilarious. But that was the rivalry. Um but let's fast forward because this is where it gets even more interesting. We play a back to back against CP. The first game is wild, like fights, blah, blah, blah. We have a goalie fight. Our goalies go toe-to-toe. My goalie was a nutcase. Piccolino and Terry. And we're playing the next night. So we're like, holy fuck, like what's this going to be about? It's a pretty clean game, goes the distance, and Carlton Place ends up winning in overtime. I'm like, fuck, I'm devastated. And uh, Lloyd, uh, so the whole team jumps on the ice, obviously scoring in overtime. And here comes Lloyd Man 12, okay? I'm not paying attention all of a sudden i turn around lloyd is face on the ice our captain is over top of him with no gloves on and here comes the benches both benches clear huge bench clearing brawl my head coach bitch slaps their head coach in the face cops are called everything blah blah, blah. all because of lloyd man 12 do you want to talk about how, how you started yeah that? so there's probably two different sides to this story <laughs> <It's> wild <laughs> Probably the Pembroke you know side. Of the <laughs> There's story, definitely eh, the Pembroke yeah, yeah. side, and then yeah, that's the right. CP side. So, in the most unbiased way of telling a story, we end up winning two one in overtime. I remember it was pretty early in the season, or maybe it was right after Christmas. But it was right after, and Christmas, it was the first yeah. game back, and we won two one in overtime. And I'm on the bench, and hop first guy off the bench, hop. I'm steaming right to the pile. Before that, though, I look over one foot, just the old woo, right to the whole bench. Go to put my foot down, and I toe pick. I toe pick right in front of the bench. <laughs> so I'm flat on my stomach. I'm getting beaked at from the whole bench. So I just start doing a little breast stroke, little frog stroke. I'm just swimming on the ice, not moving. I try and get up. Right in front of our I try bench. and get up, and bang, I get clocked. And I'm just getting fed from behind. I'm, like, I'm, in, I'm turtling, just getting fucking beat up. It was, I think it was Beavis, Steve Beavis. Yeah, Bove. Yeah, yeah Bove. Yeah. He jumped over the boards and sucker punched Lloyd because Lloyd was swimming in front of our bench after an OT win. Not involved in the play. <laughs> and it started this huge thing. 
Yeah, and Clark, he was like, yeah, I'm going to sue you to our coach because he bitch, open-hand bitch-slapped him on the ice. I've never seen something like this. And I remember going up to Lloyd, like, every people are fighting everywhere, and it ends up being me just looking at Lloyd, and I was like, what the fuck <laughs> was that, man? And Lloyd's trying to explain himself. I tripped, bro. I <laughs> Oh man! But yeah, that was all time. And then we ended up uh, meeting in the finals that year, Pembroke versus CP. And unfortunately, we didn't give him a very good run. But uh, but yeah, Loiter knocked me out of my junior career. So that was pretty special. It was a pretty cool memory. Yeah, yeah. I think it was in five. But uh, I remember the you guys had a wagon. You guys had a wagon yeah, team we, for a couple of years. It was yeah. They were so it was good. NHL dynasty mode pretty much. Um, and just yeah, built a couple good teams for for. Oh, fuck like four years in a row i guess cp won it um but yeah i, I remember that after that we're, we're popping champagne in and blob's being blob's the last guy out of the room and i'm sitting there waiting for him to come out and shared a little little sip of the bottle together so um yeah we cheers to a good yeah. little career so that was awesome junior career anyways i remember actually in pembroke uh we had a game and you and i are both our teams are warming up and you and i just just being cocky 20 year olds we had coffees and just <laughs> hung out together i brought you a coffee we just sat and yeah. chilled the ultimate tummy sticks biz would be so pissed yeah we were talking about uh, huberto and barkov eh? and we're chirping them as lloyd man and, and wobs that's where they got the idea from all this tummy stick shit uh, but I love that, man. I love that. And then you, I guess you move on to Brock University and you have a hoot over there. And I guess like the mentality kind of shifts to enjoying, you know, we, the boys made a trip out there to St. Catharines to, yeah. to spend some time with you. And you guys had an awesome like boys house and, and uh, you, you could tell that the joy for hockey may have, may have came back after that and, and maybe explain your experience in the CIS. Cause you stay, you stayed there for four years. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it's one of those things where, um, making another transition, right? Where you're the 20 year old, like you said, big fish in little pond. And then all of a sudden it's almost like you're back at your 16 year old self playing with 25 year olds. Um, so a bit of an adjustment period there. I had a really good second season, um, where I played really well. And that was kind of at the point where I'm going, Hey, like maybe, maybe it's back. Like maybe, maybe I'm enjoying this again. Uh, coach loved me one who recruited me and brought me in and I got every opportunity you could really think for, think of in your first and second year. And then, you know, coach swap over and different coach, uh, didn't really like my game as much and just kind of fizzed out from there. Um, let myself go, uh, got fat, um, for, and at that point for me, it was fat, just my, like, fat man Lloyd. Period. Yeah. I remember that. But at, at that point for me, it was just like, Hey, you know what, let's just have fun with this. And, and, you know, the career's coming to an end and, um, just try and enjoy it as much as I could and kind of back in that spot in and out of the lineup and, you know, get hurt. And it's just like, ah, is this something I really want to keep doing? But I had an awesome time at Brock and, um, U sports has come a really long way. Uh, from what it used to be to to where it's at now, so some really good hockey there. Yeah, you had a you always had a six snapper, like a six snapshot. You were just a pure goal scorer. But I remember in your Fat Babandi days, like that was your peak snapshot. Like you were really putting stuff. Yeah, into I was it. able to lean into it a little uh, more, a little extra oomph, <laughs> corner weight transition. Yeah, into, I had uh, <laughs> to shoot and wait. 
I, I had so I played in Amiens uh, in France two years ago, and I was able to play with uh, Skylar Pacheco, who was actually a freshman with you at yeah. Brock, and he lived in your house and everything like that. And so it was kind of cool because we were somewhat united, like we became best friends right away, just because of how close you and I were. And uh, and and he was hilarious, and he always would talk about the glory stories of you guys and uh, and uh, how much fun you guys had. So that was really cool. Uh, the one story that he told me, and this is the only one I really remember of your days, and I want to hear it from your perspective, is when the boys went out and it got a little rowdy and there was a little tussle, and uh, and and what happened with you there, Lloyd? Man, do you remember what this I'm talking about? Must be New Year's Eve of year two. Oh, it might be. Let's hear it. I want to hear your side. Of the if story. if we're thinking of the same thing, um, <laughs> New Year's Eve, uh, we have a guy on our team, Banga, um, Indian guy, and then there's guys across the bar who are just beaking him for being brown. Um, and Volps, one of our roommates, steps up and starts yelling. These guys come in. Volps sucker bombs one guy. Brawls kind of ensue, and I do the old. I didn't do it. Wasn't me. I take a couple steps back. Volps is pumping this one guy on the ground. Um, he's kind of out of it, but I decide I'm going to get my two licks in here and boot him in the face. But that was kind of the extent of, of what I did in that tussle. If, if this is what we're talking about. Yeah, this is from Sky's perspective. Okay. So he says like shit hits the fan and he said exactly that. He's like, all of a sudden I see Lloyd. Lloyd gives a guy a boot and, uh, and he said they kind of gave, these guys the business but it was a little bit of a fight so they got some fight back and they said like after the fight they got they left the bar they got tossed from the bar and they were all like on their way back home walking back home trying to get back to their house where lloyd also lived and they were looking around being like all fired up yeah fucking rights boys fucking rights they were like what the hell happened to loiter and sky said like he was all bloodied up and volpe was all kind of bloodied up a bit they're like where the hell was Loiter? And Loiter had, had done the old sprint away and was at home eating pizza. <laughs> by the time the boys came back, this guy said he came back. Lloyd had a mouthful of Zaw. And they were like, what the fuck? Where'd you go? We needed you. And Lloyd was just like, oh, what do you mean? What are you talking about? So, yeah, not really my forte. Old, well, that's what that's funny because I was going to bring that up because you were talking about being like shuffled up and down the lineup, being a goal scorer your whole life. And had, had any coach kind of tapped you on the shoulder and said like, Lloyd, like – to stay in this lineup, you're going to have to scrap. You're going to have to be physical. Or maybe, like, looking back, do you think that you could have maybe stretched out your career a little bit longer in the O or maybe continued if you would have maybe transitioned into more of, like, a power forward? Because you're always a pretty big guy, pretty fast guy, uh, but you were definitely known for your goal scoring. But when when things were maybe not going in the net, um, did they ever give you that one-two? Like, like what they used to tell dupes? Like, hey, we need some energy out of you. Wink, wink, <laughs> nudge, nudge. Um, yeah, I, I also think that they probably kind of knew that wasn't really in my repertoire, but, um, I had a couple goes, uh, I think I had five, five fights in the O. Um, and I can't say that there was one like clear loss. I, I held my own, but looking back on it, kind of thinking, you know, maybe should you have tried to play a little bit more of that? Yeah. I was also a pussy. So we'll call the spade. spade. Like that just wasn't <laughs> something I wanted to do. Yeah. Hey, me, me too, too, dude. Me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. too. I, yeah. Yeah, me too. I like to spear guys in men's league now and then skate away and say like, ref, ref, I don't know what's going on. So yeah, I feel you, brother. Lloyd's, uh, Pat's the toughest guy. I am the biggest league, goon so. at Carlton Fuck. Adult Hockey League. But yeah, I have I some good stories that. for you guys actually from the past two weeks. So I'll, I'll, I'll save it for next time, but uh, more to come on, yeah. on the, uh, the referee report. 
Oh man. Uh, loiter. I just want to, uh, I, I kind of want to ask you, I, I, we haven't asked this, but I want to start asking now that you're kind of like reflecting on, on your hockey career. Like, are you, I don't want to say at peace because I'm just kind of curious how you feel like talking about yeah. like your hockey career. Cause obviously like we have so many good memories and you've met so many like good guys and people that you're still in touch with now. So I don't know if you want to kind of wrap your whole hockey career up before we talk a bit about coaching. Yeah. Um, I, I think at peace is probably the best way to, to put it. Like there, there's no part of me that kind of goes back and says that, you know, I wish I would have done this or that differently. The only thing I would have wanted to, to change is just work ethic. And, you know, there, there's the illusion of, of really saying like, yeah, I gave everything I had, but when you peel it back, like, yeah, I was at the gym every day. Did I work as hard as I could have? No. Um, so the, I mean, those are kind of, that's probably the only thing that I would say, Hey, you know what? that's something I would have wanted to change. But in terms of kind of where I've gone, the places I've been um, and just kind of how everything played out, like I don't regret not trying to go play pro um, especially, you know, where I'm at now on job wise and, and just kind of where I'm at in life. Um, I, I guess I'm just, I, I guess, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm comfortable where I'm at. I don't really regret anything. Um, and yeah, like guys on the team will ask me like, why didn't you go play pro? And you know, the, the passion just wasn't there. Um, and it just kind of fizzed out. So no, like I don't regret anything. I, how many people can say that they played hockey till 25 anyways. Right. So, um, yeah, pretty amazing career, man. And, and I think you touch perfectly on like the roller coaster and the mental, like the mental abuse of being traded of like moving to new billets to changing roles to scoring 50 goals one year to maybe having 10 you know like it's 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 been a pretty impressive ride and i think like looking at your hockey db you guys in, and alex too and all the guys we've had on has been a hell of a ride like you guys have played some some high level hockey and and i guess that transitions into coaching a little bit because uh, i had this for you i, I guess it kind of it doesn't segue as good but have you ever heard the expression those that can't play coach and those that can't coach become the forward coach no, that's a new one for me, but one of my Instagram captions on a coaching picture is do as I say, not as I did. So I can, relate. I saw that and I was trying to like, that's yeah. where that inspired me from. But I'm guessing like, like to, to put it all together, all this like experience, all this highs and lows, that must be such a valuable, like a knowledge bank of knowledge that you can share with your, your, your players. Now that you're coaching back at Carlton in the junior, junior a ranks. So I'm sure the players appreciate your, your advice and input, and it makes you like a 20 times better coach than, than most people could be because of your experience. Yeah. I think one of the things that kind of I'm fortunate is, is, is the experiences I've been through the highs and lows, as you touched on, um, you know, hockey knowledge. I, you know, I thought I was a pretty hot, a smart hockey player, but when you're behind the bench, you get a whole different perspective on everything. Um, and, you know, I might not have all the X's and O's at, at, as an assistant coach as I'd like, but I think just the experiences that I've had can relate to a lot of players in terms of what they're going through. Um, you know, everyone kind of on the team sees, you know, I've, I've won two Bogart Cups. Um, I've gone to nationals, lost in the finals twice. But, you know, being able to kind of relate to certain scenarios, a kid on my team last year, Gino Colangelo, 19-year-old kind of third, fourth line guy, wants more and knows he can produce more and being able to tell the stories of like, Hey, like I was 19, man. Yeah. I was on a winning team, but I was scratched. I didn't play for playoffs. Like I wasn't counted on. And it was almost just like the messages, like the resiliency and how you kind of go through that. And the next year, 
you know, getting a letter on my, on my chest was something that was just like, for me, cemented it in terms of like, Hey, like, you know, the bullshit was worth it. Um, now I'm a big part of this team. Now I'm counted on for production and, and all this. And, you know, just kind of that trust the process cliche that everyone kind of uses, but, you know, being able to relate to guys who are 19 and who aren't, you know, playing what they feel that they could bring to the table. And even 16 year olds who are going through stuff of their own and their ups and downs and maybe the limited ice time that they're getting at 16 versus what they were used to before. So I think just a lot of the, the places I've been and, and the experiences I've gone through definitely help um, to be able to communicate some of the, the reasoning and the decision-making behind the moves that we make um, from the coaching staff. Yeah, it definitely gives you some insight, eh? Like now you're on the other side of the table and I kind of think about that still to this day because I haven't really had that experience, but I'm like, fuck, maybe maybe Sidorenko has a has a <laughs> has a podcast and he's ripping me as a player, eh? This fucking Canadian guys. Is blah, that Ruski? But uh yeah, Ruski. Yeah, we don't know his yeah. We've only confirmed that. Ruski, Ruski. I only found out his full name like 2 weeks ago. Yeah, I I found out his his name 2 weeks ago, so I'm using That's it That's hilarious. Now. But uh yeah, uh, Lloyd is like, do you see kids where you're looking at them? You're like, fucking shit. That's like, yeah, that's me. That's how yeah, I was. Yeah, it's like PTSD. And then you're kind of hit. Yeah, they're... Well, Pat, you oh, must've... I have it all the time, all the time, dude. You're just like, now I get why my coaches were not too happy with me, you know, or teachers yeah. were not too happy with me. Do you ever have that moment where like, this is, this is karma. This oh, is man. mini Lloyd in the gym, not doing that extra rep kind of being goofy yeah well man like uh, to go back to that 19 year at in cp like i probably wasn't the most fun person to be around and you know i see that now and moping and whining and and kind of pouting on the ice and practice and stuff and you know there's guys who come back from injuries and who are 19 who aren't playing the role that they were because someone else bumped them out of a spot while they were injured and just kind of that stuff so like even just touching on some of the same stories and um Obviously, you try and spin it in a way where they don't see that I was doing exactly what they were doing, but because <laughs> it's easy to say like, hey, man, I was a moaning and bitching too, but um, no. Loiter's cherry picking in three on three <laughs> yeah, with the scratch. Exactly. <laughs> fuck, fuck. Um, Loiter, just last question for the coaching and, and then we'll kind of wrap it up here. You've been awesome. But uh, is, is this something you see you want to continue doing? Maybe talk about like where you see yourself in the, in the next five years. Is this just maybe to stay in the game? Is it, you know, where do you stay? Yeah, I mean, I haven't put a whole lot of thought into it. I think I'm just happy where I'm at. Um, I don't really see myself moving forward long term into head coaching jobs and trying to make jumps to major junior or anything. Um, for me, it's just a way to stay connected to the game, um, and be able to give back in some capacity. Um, I, I'm sure it's been touched on the podcast beforehand, but the biggest thing that you miss about hockey itself is not necessarily the game. It's being around a team and being around people with, you know, the same mindset of, of winning and the determination. hundred yeah, percent, man. hundred percent, man. Yeah, it's it's crazy that you get to experience that and at least be a part of it, right? A part of the ride, part of the exactly. ride. It sucks that you have to give up your Friday nights to be in Smith Falls and and Sunday afternoons, but hey, it's part of the part of the gig, eh? Exactly. 
Plus, you'll be done. Well, you're done now. So now it's all masters, it's all golf. Yeah. Uh, and I like to finish it off with maybe maybe a story or something that happened, or maybe a crazy experience as a part of a hockey player that we didn't have the chance to touch on. Like maybe the perks of being an OHL guy, maybe in in Kingston or Brampton, or or, or even Oshawa, where you kind of like flexed on people because of your status, or maybe like a player that you played with that did something crazy. Or yeah, the, is there anything that the, you wanted to talk about that we might kind of missed that kind of jump out? And I'm just thinking back on um it, when you mentioned Oshawa, like it was cool because smaller city, um, people recognize you. I remember getting a free sub at Subway one time with a kid there going, hey, are you Adam Lloyd? And like, I was no one. So we got sub. extra lettuce yep. on it oh, and a few I extra pickles. Up. But uh, you know, that, that kind of stuff's cool. I think back on like, again, in Oshawa, when they had that NHL lockdown uh, season where they had the lockout and they weren't playing and, you know, you get to like Sean Thornton would come skate with us. Um, uh, Steve Stamkos would come skate with us. Um, Bailey from the Islanders would skate with us. So there's a lot of like big name NHL guys who would come out and funny story on this is I was uh, fifth line. I was out of the lineup and who's my right winger is Steve Stamkos. So we're doing a no three way. on two drill. <laughs> And center kicks out to me on the left wing and I kind of delay toe drag sauce far uh, cross crease right on his tape and he bangs it home and we circle back to the line. He gives me a tap on the shin pads. He goes, Hey, nice pass. I go, thanks, Mr. Damkos. <laughs> two years no older than me. Thanks. <laughs> two years older than me. Thank you, Mr. So, Did you go up to Josh Bailey and no. go like one nothing for Lloyd? No, that was uh yeah. bite your tongue there, but I remember just saying that. I was like, dude, what what are you thinking? Uh, yeah, dude, he probably went back to T Bay. You'll never guess what this guy <laughs> said to me. Yeah. Other than that, like another cool story, just a quick one is, is when I ended up going to Kingston and I was, they were talking about trying me in the middle, um, switching me up. Cause again, I sucked on the walls and I couldn't win battles, but, um, <laughs> Doug Gilmore in his, um, sport coat and jeans and his dress shoes pulls me aside mid practice. He goes, Hey, loiter. So I go over and chat with him. He's like, you ever think of being a centerman? And I was like, well, I, I mean, I'm up for it if you want to try me there. So he goes, Here, let me show you a few things. So he jumps over the boards in his sneakers and his, in his jeans and his blazer. And him and I just start taking face-offs. He's showing me techniques and certain ways to win draws and what to do if someone's quicker than you on draw, stronger on you. So it was cool to to just, and again, we I mentioned like you don't really appreciate in the moment who Doug Gilmore is, but to be able to say that, like cool, cool story and just, you know, picking his brain. You could, you could have used him when I snapped yeah. it back. In yeah, definitely. <laughs> and you know what? That was, I already had those lessons at that point. So I have no excuse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is really cool, man. That like, you think back to those little stories and, and that stuff that you, again, don't appreciate yeah. until later. So it's kind of nice to reminisce. That's what we do on this podcast. Yeah, tales uh, of Lord, you got glory, anything dude. else, Pat? No, no. Before I, I shut her down. Yeah. Loiter. I mean, like, I like to talk about this, but obviously like you're, you know, one of my best friends and, and the bet. How does Clarky say best it? Say it again. in the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and uh, we played with a lot of guys and, and your name is brought up a lot around Ottawa and, and the community and stuff about just being, just being a great guy to have around teams and, and this and that. And um, 
so kudos to you on, on you and your hockey career and coming on and talking about it. And we really appreciate it. Um, you were not, in fact, the next nope. Joe Sackick. Far from it. Um, <laughs> <Far from it. laughs> yeah, he's John Sackick. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, it's been a pleasure, buddy. So thank Appreciate you very much. Yeah, Self-deprecating and, and always good humor and all one of our, our go-to uh, golf buddies. So we're definitely going to have some more, uh, maybe some more stories telling on the on the golf course. Maybe ones that we couldn't share on on the podcast. But yeah, we love the Lloyds and the Boivins. Dude, you might be the first... Uh, the first undrafted and unedited uh, a golf match. Yeah, right we were thinking every about time. It. Every time Pat and I, yeah, every time we win a hole, we'll, we'll put one in this pipe. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> well, on that me. note, buddy, thanks for coming on. We need an outro song from you. So, uh, on the spot, we need something to close close it down, and uh, we'll see all of our fans next time. Thank you very much. <laughs> all right boys this was fun have a good afternoon enjoy the rest of the master yes sir